Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, welcome everybody. Thank you for tuning into Tide Chasers Podcast, Episode 4. I'm Dan. Uh, you've probably listened to a few of our our podcasts so far. This is going to be a good one. Um, if you haven't already done so, please head over to our Instagram page, Tide underscore Chasers. Give us a follow there. And then our Facebook page is going to be facebook.com backsplash Tide Chasers Podcast. Uh, you can find us on uh all of the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Deezer, uh, Player FM, Overcast, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, Cash Road Podcast Index, Podchasers, Podcast Addict, Listen Notes, Pod Friends, with a few other platforms coming online this week. Um, without further ado, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Qua. Welcome, buddy. How you doing, guys? What's going on? He's uh, going to be... He's going to be in the background a little bit today because we're we got some uh, some good content to get into uh, with my buddy Mike from Never Enough. Uh, he's gonna he's a captain of the Never Enough Two. Um, I, I'm super pleased to introduce you to Mike over there. And uh, Mike, how you doing, buddy? What's happening, guys? How you doing? Thanks for having me. Nah, we're we're pleased to have you, man. It's it's all the seasons are taking off. Oh, I'm getting it. I got everything warming up. <laughs> I, I'm I'm itching to get out on the salt, but I'm I'm still spending some time on the freshwater. So, what have, what have you been What have you been up to the last few months, Mike? Well, last few months, uh, as you know, I had a baby in December, so that's been my main focus. And uh, you know, just teaching during a, a pandemic, and then uh, taking care of my my family and baby at home. Excellent, excellent. So you want to, we'll just jump right in. So you get back to the baby there. <laughs> so Mike, what, what age did you, uh, what age did you start fishing and who was your biggest influence in that, that, uh, that world for you? So, so I have, I have pictures of, of me fishing at a, a local uh, sportsman's club that I'm still a member of and that my dad is the, uh, the chairman of. 
um, of me fishing in diapers out of a crib. Uh, so my dad is the biggest influence and, uh, just literally, I mean, ever since I could hold a fishing rod, I've been fishing. That's awesome. That's awesome. And what, what was it? So, so, uh, what did you start fishing for? Did you start on the salt or did you do freshwater fishing? So yeah, my dad, you know, we started, uh, freshwater fishing, but we, he always had ever since I was born two boats. So he had a smaller, uh, boat for, for Lake fishing and for back Bay fishing, but he also had a larger boat for, uh, the Delaware Bay and the ocean and the rips, the rips was huge back in the day. So we were always in the rips with that boat. So, I mean, ever since I was born, I guess I was like five or six, maybe seven is when I jumped on the bigger boat, but, um, just, just crazy about fishing ever since I was little, you know, I've heard a lot about the rips myself. I never got to experience it cause I jumped in a little bit later in, into the salt, salt part of my fishing life. So I never got to experience, but I hear a lot of stories from old timers, from my father-in-law to lots of people that, that, can, that, that speak of the legend of the rips. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Eeling and jigging the rips, man. That's what it was all about. Yep. Yeah, and it was, it was, a, it was a dangerous place. It was not pretty. That's what I, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. It's uh, it's sketchy. Yes. At best. So what was it that prompted you to turn your hobby of fishing into a profession? So it was actually, uh, two people. It was my dad, um, and my shop teacher from high school, uh, my shop teacher, high school knew that I loved my shop class. Um, and he knew that I, I had an ability to teach and he knew that I loved to fish and to hunt. And, uh, so he just kind of pushed me to be a teacher and he's like, look, Smith, you could be a teacher. And then also in the summertime, which is completely free to you, you could, um, take people fishing. And, uh, you know, teach in the summertime as well and take people fishing. And my dad actually pushed that as well because he just knew I had a love for fishing uh, also. So that's that's where it came from. My dad and my my shop teacher in high school. I, re- I remember one of our first conversations. You were telling me I should become a teacher and then do this in the summertime, too. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> jealous of you. So I, I told you, dude, it's never. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> See, you would have been, you would have been what, like three years in by now? You would have been. Yeah, it was, it's been a while now. <laughs> I should have done it. I'd be, I'd be a teacher by now. I'd probably be a lot better off. Yeah. See. (laughs) So how did you get linked up with never enough and Jim over there? Uh, so I work at, uh, Timber Creek high school. That's my, my 10 month job. And I work with a, a guy by the name of Tyler fruits and Tyler is Jim's nephew. And, uh, he actually, we started talking my first year uh, teaching there and uh, we were talking every morning. We had the same like hallway duty and we would just, you know, uh, BS back and forth about fishing. And he was like, Hey, my uncle runs a charter business and I work for uh, my uncle, but I also work for another charter business, which is called over under charters. They're out of Avalon as well. And uh, he was getting more into the offshore game and he needed somebody to step in and do more like, the back bay stuff and help out with his uncle, uh, as a mate. So I moved, uh, right in from there and started working for Jim, uh, that first summer of 2010. And, uh, now it's 2021 and I'm still working with Jim. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I'm going to rewind a little bit to our to what we were just talking about. You said it was well, it has been about three years. I think it's 2018 when I first met you. I was fishing uh, one of my favorite spots. I won't I won't give it away. But I see this this boat just casually stroll up, you know, and then start popping sheep's head. I'm like, hmm. So I think I I, I want to say that I I, I I yelled out hell yeah to you like like I was we, I was celebrating your catches and then I saw you release them nice. which made made me even made me even hap- happier to see that. Did we bring in a big one or what? I, I think they might have been like a little bit smaller ones, not not, okay. not huge ones. Uh, but I was I was on the bank. You were in the boat, probably I don't know 400 yards away from me. And uh, yeah, that that's actually that moment is where my love for sheep's head became a thing because after that trip I started doing my research and then I found some other local guys like Dan from insomniac. And then I started, I reached out to you and communicated and here we are now, now we're, now we're buddies, you know? And, uh, basically you are responsible for getting me on my first sheep's head too, which was was amazing. Amazing. (laughs) I explained, I talked about that trip on, on uh, some previous podcasts. So, you, you've you've been mentioned multiple times throughout this this uh, show so far on our four episodes. So cool stuff. That's that's awesome. That's very cool. So we'll we'll get we'll get into uh, that that uh, that sheep's head trip that you took me on a little bit later. But so cool. what what types of trips do you run? And uh, you know what is your preference whenever you whenever you uh, set up your 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 clients on on trips? Now, do you kind of guide them towards? you know, doing specific things based off of what you're seeing, or do you kind of let the the customer, you know, or the client come in and, and dictate how the trip's going to go? So, yeah, I mean, that's always, we always, when we talk to our potential uh, clients or customers, what we ask them kind of what they want to do. If they don't know what they want to do, we'll kind of direct them into um, what we think would work out best for them. So um, I would say, 80% of our trips are back bay fluke trips. Um, so it's just, a, you know, it's a, it's a safe bet. It's a fun bet for uh, families to just have a good time, reel in fish the entire trip, maybe take something home to eat if they want to take something home to eat. And, uh, but that's, I would say that's roughly 80% of our trips. Now uh, we do uh, ocean trips as well, uh, weather permitting, and we do ocean uh, trolling uh, at inshore lumps. That's so, all right. So my ideal trip, okay, would be just, you know, morning of inshore trolling at the lumps, maybe some blues, maybe a king mackerel, maybe a Spanish mackerel, um, and then maybe venture out, look for something a little bit bigger, and then stop for some bottom fishing, uh, sea bass, flounder. Uh, that's that's my typical uh, ocean trip. Uh, but we also offer... Uh, further out trips for sea bass, further out trips for Mahi Mahi as well. I've been, I've been following you uh, obviously since, since we met, I might've actually been following you before then. Cause I remember me and my father-in-law tried to book a uh, trip, but never enough two years prior, I believe, but you guys were booked up all summer. We, we relate to that late to the show. And so I knew about you guys before you and I started communicating, but cool. so, so, so you, you, you said you do 80% fluke, fluke trips, back bay fluke trips. Mm-hmm. Now you, uh, obviously fluke, one of my top, top fish. I love chasing. I, I've, I've loved them. And that's how, that's what I was fishing for when I met you. But, um, 
what what is what do you do as far as preparing for the fluke season opener as opposed to what you would do later on down the down the road in the season as it starts to transition to the fish moving out of the bays um so what i i, I try to kind of mimic you know what's there the time of year so initially we see in the stomachs of the of the keeper size flounder or if they throw some something up on the deck early season is always small crabs it's always small shrimp it's always uh you know something it's always just something like real natural and small looking so in in early season i always like to use something you know small and natural maybe new penny color natural color things like that um just light as possible and as the season wears on we get a lot more bait fish in. we get you know, we get spot moving, we get peanut bumper movement, we get all kinds of like all kinds of little bait fish that move in. So later on into the years, as, as the water starts to warm up and all those bait fish move in, I try to use baits uh, that mimic a, you know, a larger bait fish. So uh, be it a mullet tipped with a live minnow, be it um, a, a strip of bait. So a lot of times I'll keep my, my racks from the trip earlier in the day and I'll bring you know, some, some big belly strips with me. Um, I, I, as that water warms up and we get into July and we get into August, I, in the back bay, if you're not fishing to me, I, if you're not fishing a, a big live bait or a big strip bait, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's tough. You can get them. I mean, it, you can get them, but my style, um, I like big strip baits or big live baits, you know, so you you later. like uh, you like the live baits later as opposed to to earlier in the season. Yeah, because yeah. I've I've heard of that being like the opposite with some other people. So that's interesting that you say that. Yeah, absolutely. I think I mean, and that's the thing. Everybody, I guess I mean everybody has their everybody has their ways. Everybody has their their opinions. It's just uh, I guess everybody just does it different. And it, and with with fluke, you really can't go wrong. They're just voracious feeders. They just want to eat. Yeah, I, I've I've uh, I've found them coughing up seven inch weak fish. You know, a sixteen inch fluke coughing up a seven inch weak fish. I've found you know juvenile lobsters in their bellies and stuff. Believe it or not. So yeah, they, they're it's insane some of the things that you, these fish will eat and just how big they'll eat compared to their overall body size. I, I, just, I still am amazed at some of the things I see come up from these fish. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is there a point where you say, okay, it's time to transition to, uh, you know, the, the open ocean trips or like, is there a date where you start to look to that or you let the season dictate it? Cause obviously, you know, we, this, this, this past winter we thought was going to be crazy, but now we're seeing, you know, above record, uh, above average temperatures for this time. So we may get an earlier season. What, what, what are you looking at as far as your transition point when you start seeing this, so going to make me move to the ocean? Yeah. So we're out there, we're out there every day, you know, I'm out there twice a day. Jim's out there every morning. Um, so we, we have the pulse on the back bay and we can just kind of, you just, you feel it start to slow down and, 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 you know, and that water starts to warm up and, uh, and, and that's when we make our way out to the ocean. Typically it's, uh, about, you know, second week, July, when, when, when it's, when we have our charters, where people want to come home with something to eat, we're going out to the ocean. Um, that's, that, 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 that's about the time. Um, 
first week in July, still, still pretty good in the back bay, second week, July. And then, and then we want to shift out to the ocean at that point in time. Um, and that's, that's typically when we do, but we can catch fish and we can catch keeper size fish all the way to the end of August in the back bay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that year that I met you, I was catching keepers all the way up until like mid mid to end of August. They're still there. Month, so. They're they're still there. Yeah, a little bit harder to get them to wake up and and come to come to bat, but you know. Yep. And and I think and I, and I really do think it's it's the influx of bait. Uh, it's it's just uh, an insane influx of bait fish. They have so much to eat. Um, there's just yeah, they just have just tons and tons and tons to eat uh, that time of year. So they're just they're just full <laughs> that, that, that year in particular, I was, when I was waiting, I was waiting in the middle of like rain bait and spearing. It was like the year of, of the rain bait and spearing. They were everywhere. Yep. And I actually remember like being in, up to my, like my waist waiting out and having fluke passing through my legs, just tearing up this bait that I'm standing in the middle of not big fluke, but like they were just ripping through them. It's pretty cool to see. Yeah. So when they, when, when they move in, I'll always, I'll just start using a, like a, a trailer hook with a, with a white feather and uh, just like two gold strips on it or two silver strips on it. And that thing will just kill all day long, just all day long, all day long. Um, as soon as I see those, you know, the silver sides and all this spearing move in um, just, just a white trailer hook and, and just tip it with a minnow or tip it with a white gold or something. And it's just, I mean, you just keep, you can't keep it in the water. I mean, the second it touches the water, the fish on it. And, uh, and that's where them fish are just, they're just crushing them things all day. All right. I'm taking notes over here since you're giving up your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now when you transition to these, uh, these ocean trips, like what, what, what are you looking for when you go out? Uh, are you looking for big, um, big masses of bait to look for the cobia? Are you looking at the, the specific places for the mahi without giving up spots, for example, but yeah, for like sure. what, what, what is your, what are you looking for when you're out there? Like conditions wise, this is going to dictate, I go out to the ocean and do one of these trips. What are the conditions you look for that's going to dictate whether you do that or not? So every day I'm looking for cobia. I mean, there's just <laughs> a day I'm not looking for cobia. <laughs> um, I'll check some spots that I know every day. You know, there's some close ones um, to the inlet that I check. Um, and if they're not around, yeah, I'll check, you know, bunker pods and uh pods of rays. Actually, I've caught Kobe underneath pods of rays. I've caught Kobe off bunker pods. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll look around a little bit and I'll move on from there and check some inshore lumps. We've got the Seattle lump right out in front of us. We've got a couple lumps uh, just east of that called the white light. Um, so we'll check that. Uh, check out by, you know, 2FB. There's a bunch of, uh, of shoals around 2FB. There's a bunch of shoals near the Avalon Shoal. Um, so we'll check all those areas, all those inshore areas for uh, bluefish, king mackerel, Spanish mackerel. Um, and yes, looking for bait, looking for uh, stuff on the screen. It, typically, um, I'm not going to look. I'm going to stop first and troll through it. If I don't see anything or if I don't get a touch, I'll move on to the next lump. If I troll through it and I get some nice marks, I'm staying in that area um, and I'm seeing what it is. In the last few years, we've got king mackerel, Spanish mackerel, bluefish, uh, and false albacore. And, uh, they've all been in close and it's been, it's been awesome. Um, years prior, it's been nothing but baby bluefish, but these past years, we've had some really, some really nice fish in there. 
No, it's it's been fun to watch to see the the, the mixed bag. I like I, I get on my phone and I'm looking every day to see what you're coming up with, and yeah, you know it's it's pretty cool to see the spread out there to see all the different things you you uh, you get into. I, I think there was uh, there was some trigger fish, which as we've talked about is one of my nemesis. There's all kinds of stuff, sea bass. You never seem to have a problem finding the fish. So <laughs> now ba- backtracking a little bit, what is your opinion of the health of the the fluke fishery? Um. You know, I, I think I, I think there's plenty of I think there's plenty of fish around. I really do. Um, I, <laughs> it's hard to say, you know, because um, when I was younger, I mean, everything was a keeper. I mean, there was there was literally the limit was, I think, 14 inches. So, I mean, every, basically everything coming over the rail was a keeper and we would fish the Delaware Bay. And you would just, you know, fish after fish and you'd fill the cooler and you'd go home. Um, and that's just how it was. And I really do think there's a lot more, I, there's a lot more big fish around um, since all the regulations. Uh, and I think it's a good thing. And I think as much as they want to, or as much as they need to regulate the fishery, I am 100% for it and behind it. Um, but I do think it's a, it, it's a, it's a healthy uh, fishery. I, I don't, I really don't think they're in any kind of like extreme danger. Uh, there's plenty of fish around. Uh, we're averaging, you know, 25, 30 fish a trip with, you know, four to five keepers. And, um, it's, it was plenty good. I mean, it just, it, and it's, it's different everywhere you go, you know, you can go North of us and it's, uh, lights out most of the time <laughs> and you can go South of us and it starts to slow down a little bit. Um, so it's just, you know, it's just different to, to different areas, but as far as the overall population and health, I think it's good. I, I, I don't know about you, Qua, but I've found that in my travels, I don't know about the last 18 months or so of fluke fishing. Um, I've been finding a better quality fish more North still in our state, but a little bit more North, like I'll still come to, to the spot where, you know, you know, our spot there, but and I've had less luck there the last few years. Um, and it's probably just a crapshoot. Obviously it's, it's all about if the fish is there and the fish is hungry, but, uh, I've, I've had more luck going more North. Now I have spread my time a little bit. So I, that year that, I, that year 2018, I pretty much exclusively fluke fish. So it's hard to base off, base my opinion on the fishery off of that compared to what I've done since. But I, I totally agree with you as far as the, quantity of fish it feels it feels like there's a uh, an endless amount of that 14 to 17 18 inch fish there's tons mm-hmm. of those yeah uh, i haven't been seeing a lot of the, the 20 pluses but you get a couple of them here and there but like south of us it, it's like a different fishery and then north of us it's another different fishery yeah i, I Qua and I talk about this often, how we just love fishing South Jersey as opposed to North Jersey, just because of the aesthetics, it's a nicer, it's a nicer area. Number one. I mean, it's it, nicer people uh, that that's what, that's what we found. Like, so what, what do you think about that? You, you so South Jersey compared to, to North Jersey, if you were not state captain in Avalon, is there a specific part of New Jersey where you would, would seek out to, to run your business through? Man, I, I grew up fishing the, uh, the, the great Bay. Um, and I mean, it's just lights out, 
it's just lights out up there. Um, it's really good. <laughs> um, but not as many vacationers, uh, you know, there's not as many, uh, there's, there's not as many, um, people coming through there, uh, as there are in, in Avalon, you know, it's, but yeah, the fishing is, is, is just phenomenal from there North. And, um, as far as, you know, taking your business up there, it would just be, it would just be much, you know, much more difficult to stay as busy as I am now. Um, and I do enjoy our fishery. I think our fishery is like you said, there's, there's just, there's, there's a ton of action. There's a lot of action, um, up there is not as much action, but there's definitely more of those larger size fish. I mean, you're coming home with a four or five pounder pretty much every trip. Um, and they're there and there's, and there's lots of them. Um, but as far as running a business, I like where I'm at. <laughs> we like it too. I mean, we love the marshlands of South Jersey, which you don't really get up North. It's more, everything's residential as opposed to like vacation town. It seems like up, up North and it's not, it doesn't have the same feel for us to like the small town feel. Mm-hmm. So now how often do you get to actually fun fish? Like when, as opposed to, you know, when you go to make fishing a, from a hobby to a, an income, you always hear about people saying, I don't get the fish for myself hardly ever anymore. And I, and I hate it or, or the other part of it, whereas I fish so much, I don't need to do it for myself. Where, where do you fall into that? So the, I, I finally started doing this for, for, for myself the last two to three years. Um, I've just, I've taken weekends off. Um, so I've taken weekends off of, of charter fishing, but I've been fishing myself. <laughs> so I've been going with my wife and I've been going with friends and, uh, and I really enjoy it. So, um, yeah, I was working a lot of weekends and just, you know, working my summer away completely. And, and I love it. And I, and I love to fish and I love to charter fish and I love to take people fishing. But, um, yeah, it was, it was becoming fairly exhausting and, uh, taking those weekends off and, and fishing with my wife and fishing with friends, uh, has been, has been really nice. Um, but yes, fishing every day, uh, from, you know, June 15th to August 31st, um, I take a little break, uh, pretty much the month of September. I just <laughs> put the fishing rods away. <laughs> We're going to change that. We're going to change that. We got a couple things coming up, so we're going to change that. That's good. (laughs) So what, what, whenever you, so whenever you fun fish, are you targeting anything specific or you do different things than you do with your clients, you know, kind of change it up? So yeah, if I'm fun fishing in the ocean with some friends, uh, in the summertime, uh, you know, if it's June, July, I'll, I'll hit the reef for flounder. Uh, if it's, you know, July, August, I'll be looking for cobia and mahi fishing um, and, you know, sea bass if, if they're there. Um, but that's my, my main target would be, you know, June, June, early to mid July flounder, late July, August, cobia mahi. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> now what, what is the most obscure fish that's coming into your boat? Yes. <laughs> Dude, I caught this freaking puffer fish one time man and i don't it, this thing was straight out of an aquarium it was like i, I can't even explain it i mean just that yellow and blue and silver i'll have to dig up the picture and, and send it to you i mean thing was two feet long 
and uh, just big puffer fish, just wild colors. I mean, wild colors. Like looked like it was right off of a coral reef somewhere. Um, and that was an, and that's why I tell everybody. The stuff that comes through the back bay in August is just wild. I mean, we catch just different stuff all the time. I mean, we'll just be drifting through, you know, Patty's hole and here comes a trigger fish. Here comes a, here comes a porgy. Here comes this, here comes that. I mean, it's just, just, just stuff. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. One of our friends uh, gets all the unicorns. So catch like red fish on a green crab and there you go. Yeah. Th- things like that. Like just talk yeah. fishing like late, late, late in the, in the season. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, he's actually going to be, he's on our, our previous episode on the sheep's head episode. So nice. you'll get to, you'll get to hear from our buddy, Johnny. Cool. Now I, I often see that, that spread of fish on, on, uh, the filet table when you're done your trips, what fish do you hate to clean the most? Oh, trigger fish. I mean, that's just number one. I mean, it's like rhino skin. I mean, there's, I keep my Dexter super sharp. There's a little soft spot behind their head. You just slip in and out and then you know, come down and, and I've got really good at cleaning them over the years, but, uh, there's just nothing that destroys your knife more and takes more time than, than triggers for sure. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. So, so you said, uh, you said Dexter is your fillet knife of choice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Dexter. Russell, man, yeah. Good man. Good man. Yeah. Now we, we talked about you recently having a son. Congratulations there. Thank uh, you. You know, thinking into the future for a moment, what do you think would be the first fishing trip you would take him on? Do you think it would be, you know, a freshwater just to ease him into it? Like you think he'll be a baby? You think, like what, what age are you looking to get him out there to actively start fishing? The fluke opens the 22nd this year. I'm, I'm fishing with some buddies on the 22nd and he'll be out with my wife and I on the 23rd. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how old will he be then? Uh, he'll be, uh, hold on. Math. <laughs> he'll be uh, yeah he'll be five months old five months old yep fluke in it five months old (laughs) we're gonna probably be you know i mean well your guy when did he start being able to reel was like two three he caught his first snakehead when he was um just three years old with a spinning rod that's what i'm thinking you know three where he's like reeling them in but gonna get him on the bed early yeah, we did some of the easy stuff like the bluegills and stuff early. Um, but his first real fish on topwater mouse was a snakehead when he was three years old. That's awesome. Now he's now he's now he's got me asking uh, asking me to call him Legendary Lucas. So that's <laughs> you started it. <laughs> I did. It's he's gonna be on. He's gonna be on here. He's gonna be on one of the episodes. We're gonna do a kid episode. Cool. So. Do you uh, do you anticipate like having conversations with him about conversation uh, conservation and maybe him doing like following your footsteps anything like that? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm I'm a fisherman and also a, a hunter, so uh, conservation is is a huge part uh, of my life. And as I was saying earlier, uh, I'm a part of a very large uh, sportsman's club called Square Circle Sportsman's Club. It's in Gibbsboro. It's the oldest. Um, it's the oldest on record sportsman's club in the United States. And, um, so we're, we're all about, uh, conservation and, you know, taking care of the environment, taking care of, of, of where you fish, where you hunt and, you know, leaving it nicer than you were there. So, uh, absolutely for sure. Um, but as far as, you know, as far as him following in my footsteps and, you know, becoming a captain or anything like that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't push that on him at all. We'll see where it goes from there, but 
We'll see where it goes. Excellent. Now, how, how do you bridge the gap between being a charter captain who is a, who's more on the conservation side than having uh, clients that want to keep keep a lot of fish? Like, how do you how do you have that conversation? So, yeah. All right. So I'm 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 on the conservation side, but I'm also for, you know, taking as much fish as you're going to eat home. So I'm I'm okay with people taking fish that they're that they're going to consume for their families. Um, I'm not for you know over gluttonous amounts of fish, um, but is if people want to you know catch fish till they have enough where they can bring home, I'm all for it. Um, you know the, the state sets limits and and I believe in their science and 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 what they do to um, come up with those limits. And if people follow that and uh, we follow on a daily basis and everybody follows it. There'll be plenty of fish for everybody. So um, if they want to take them home and, and, and I always ask them too, because a lot of times my clients are on vacation. Are you sure you're going to eat these fish? Uh, this is a lot of fish here. Are you sure you want to eat these fish? <laughs> and, uh, and if they promise me they will, or if, if I'm, uh, you know, having some friends over for dinner or something, or if I can bring some of the family members or friends, then, uh, then I'll take some as well. So. Now you had mentioned um, how your trips. You mentioned the types of trips you do, but I did not hear you mention sheep's head. Do you have do you have a lot of people like recently asking you about sheep's head in South Jersey? For for me uh, and for us at Never Enough, no, um, we no we don't. Um, our people are more looking for direction as to what to go out there and catch, and then also for for sheep's head for me is pretty difficult. Um, with a 25 foot center console without a, uh, without a trolling motor, uh, is, is really difficult. So I need, I need a friend or two to help me out, uh, you know, do what we got to do to put them in the boat. <laughs> and it's no, just no. Not, it's, it's not an easy thing that I could, uh, ask of a client that's paying. <laughs> I can personally vouch for this because we went out, uh, I'll rewind a little bit. So we had a trip where I'm coming in on vacation and I get a phone call from my man, Mike here. And he says, how quick can you get here? I have an opening. I'm going to get you in your sheep's head. I said, well, uh, I'll start coming now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I got there. I, I hopped on the boat around. The, I was on my way. I, I got got my kids rolling, got my wife rolling. I hopped on the boat around. I think it was right, right around 11 o'clock or so, right? Something yep. like that for lunchtime. And Raise the wind picked up real nice for yeah, us. Yeah, I mean – Ordinarily, this is not a conditions wise. This was like the opposite of what you want. I mean, we were getting blown all over the place. It was, it was a, as we were fishing the wrong tide, I think. And you're like, it doesn't matter. This is going to happen. I'm going to get your sheep set. So, like, we were getting blasted. I, you got your gloves on, holding on. And I'm sitting here, like, swinging and missing on every fish. And I could just feel it. I could feel it. Like, you're, I, I remember, you're like, oh, you, you're right there. You're right there. Like, and, and like, I get that way now when I see other people do it. Like, I just remember that first time swinging and missing on a sheep's head. And you're like, yeah, don't worry. He's, he's got at least eight, eight or nine more crabs in him. You, you could probably feed him for a little bit longer. You just, just yeah. keep swinging away. But we, so we linked up with one. It's probably, I don't know, like a five to seven pound fish came up sideways and we just missed it because you're sitting there holding the boat to the piling and then you have to push off and then steer the boat and then come over a net. So it was a mess. But then shortly thereafter, I laid into my personal best sheep's head with you, 10.2 pound beauty, which I've caught 
I don't know, several hundred since then, and I've still not beat that. So I got to thank you for that. But that was an impressive feat. I'll never forget that. We'll try to do it again. We'll try to do it again this summer when you bring your uh, your father-in-law and your son. <laughs> yeah, my son does not know about this trip yet, so I'm excited to tell him. I can't I can't wait to see him swinging and missing on sheep's head too. It's gonna be fun. I'm excited. I'm 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 too, <clears throat> super excited for this trip. Can't wait. And I'm bringing I'm bringing gloves, so I'll help you hold on. Uh, <laughs> I don't need to catch them. I catch I catch them myself. So it's all about them. But I'm excited about it. They they're excited about it too. My father-in-law's been wanting to catch sheep's head for like three years now. So it's gonna be my only trip of the day. We're just gonna take our time, relax, and catch as many as we can. <laughs> Very nice. So what is what is your season? What is your season shaping up like? You you pretty booked. Uh, we are booking fast. Uh, we are definitely booking fast every day. My phone's blowing up with, uh, people who want to fish, uh, captain Jim's phone's blowing up. He's down in Florida, still on vacation. He's booking charters left and right, sending me confirmations. And you got this crew this day, this crew that date. So it is going to be wild. Um, I think people, uh, want to get out and they want a vacation, but I don't think people are ready to, you know, travel, uh, overseas just yet. So I think it's going to be an extremely, extremely busy, um, season down at the Jersey shore. You didn't, you um, didn't really, you didn't really see like any lack of business last year during we the, were the busiest, we, we were the busiest we've ever been. Yeah. I, I just remember you're like texting me late at night. Like I'm whooped. It, it's, yeah. it's been a day. <laughs> so so you know, we were, uh, I was, I did a double every day from, you know, June 15th, June 17th, all the way to the end of August. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there's a couple of weather days mixed in there, but um, yeah. So we, we actually have another guy uh, coming on with us this year. His name's Ian Wabransky. Um, he's a, he fishes around Seattle and a uh, younger, younger guy. Um, he's just getting out of college and he went and got his captain's license. So he'll be helping us out this year as well. So he'll kind of work under Jim and I a little bit uh, in the beginning. And then um, we're going to let him go out on his own. So. So will he be on the the never enough three? He's going to be on the never enough. Well, that, that's where it's going to get to. It's going to get interesting, right? You guys are so busy; it's hard to book. I, I've never I've talked to a lot of people um, who who ask me like, "Hey Dan, you know I, I'm trying to get to the shore. I need to book a trip. Who should I go to?" And I I suggest you guys every single time. You know, there, there's there's two there's really two guys around the area that I trust with people that I would send their way. It's you and Jim, and then of course uh, Dan for uh, from Insomniac. You guys are all great. I appreciate and, that big time. And uh, I, I hold you all with very high regards. You and I, we we bounce intel back and forth all, to one another all the time. I'll be standing out there on a sod bank, and you'll you'll text me like, "You get anything? <laughs> send, me, send me a picture of myself out there on the sod bank." Yeah. yeah, it's 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 great. I mean, you guys are very down to earth. You're very approachable, and and you you yourself, you're a teacher, so it, it's more of a it's more of a a, a passion and, and a love love for you. So yeah, we I mean, as as charter boat captains, um, and especially you know, um, in the down on the Jersey Shore where people are vacationing, where where we do it at, it's uh, people are looking to you know have fun. They're not looking to fill the boat with fish, which is a nice stress-free environment for us. Um, so they're just looking to have fun. They want to. They want somebody that's personable. They want somebody that they could bring their kids uh, on the trip with. They want somebody that they could bring a family member and and just relax and have fun and catch fish and learn something if that's what they wanted to do. 
And, uh, and that's what we strive to do. And people love us and they keep coming back every year and we just get busier and busier. <laughs> that's a good problem to have there. Yep. Now you, uh, you do the fishing trips, which you mentioned, but you also do back bay crabbing trips. Yes. Yes. Uh, lots of them. And uh, people love those as well. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to book one of those with you too. Cause my, my middle daughter absolutely loves crab crabbing and we want to do that for her birthday. And she got a, she got the shaft for her birthday last year. So I got to make up for it. No problem at all. We can make it happen. Um, and you were saying like, when's a good time. So a great time for crabbing is August. August is phenomenal. Um, it's really when they start lighting up. Now you're just hand lining off the side of the boat or are you yep. doing traps? Running all trap hand lines. All yeah. hand lines. Hand lines and fun. Yeah, that, that, that's that's like going back to that's going back to the roots there. I can't tell you. I should have a GoPro or some video. I mean, these kids just I mean, from the first crab to the last crab four hours later, they just lose their mind. Every time one comes over, they just keep netting them and netting them and they just they're just having a ball. I mean, they just they love it. So and, uh, my, my, my middle daughter, she, she doesn't eat crabs, but she's obsessed with catching them. She loves it. Like we, we did, we did a trip uh, last year where we were there on vacation and her and I just went crabbing and it, it must've got up to like 98 degrees with like a heat index of one Oh six. And she's sweating and red. She's, I'm like, let's get out of here, sweetheart. No, I, I got to catch some more. We got to catch some more. We got to get some more. So she just, the, the joy that she got from that, I, I could see that being all encompassing with a lot of different kids. So, yeah. Aqua, you got anything you want to, you want to add? A uh, couple little things. Nothing, nothing too crazy. What's the biggest fluke you ever put in your, either by Ooh. personal or a client in the back bay, like the biggest doormat you've ever put on the boat in, in Avalon. Uh, Yeah. In Avalon. Okay. Uh, six uh, in Avalon. So, and there, and there's bigger ones around, you know, there, <laughs> there's much bigger ones around, but for, for me in Avalon, six. How about Oceanfront? Uh, Oceanfront, seven. Seven. Okay. Yep. Now, have you seen a good amount of like doormats out in the Oceanfront on your wrecks and stuff like that? Cause I know, for me, because I fish a lot of fluke up north previous years, and the wrecks out there always hold big, big, big fluke. Now I know that the the beaches you guys have down here are a little different. You guys don't your you don't your your wrecks aren't deep because you guys have this weird little kind of like slope kind of beach. So like three miles out, you're still at like twenty feet or something like that. Yeah. When when like in North Jersey, you step seventy off, feet of water, eighty yeah. feet of water, ninety yeah, feet you, of water. Yeah, you get a mile off the beach. It's it's like eighty feet of water. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's much it's much different down south. It's much different. Um, so yes, there's yeah, it's just much different. There's much deeper water up north, um, and then also actually the Cape May guys are. Uh, little bit more of an advantage because they can run to um reef site 11 which mm -hmm. is a great reef site it's really nice and deep there's tons of structure um and there's some deeper reefs out that way that, that they can hit but yeah like the ti reef is a fairly shallow reef it goes from uh 40 feet uh down to 60 towards the end um but it's a fairly shallow reef <clears throat> um there's times when it gets really really good but there's nobody that's, you know, consistently pulling in 
big doormat size flounder. It just doesn't happen down south like it does up north. It's just it just doesn't. Gotcha. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I, I mentioned you got you mentioned you did cobia, fluke, um, triggers, mahi. Do you do any uh, talk fishing? Any black fishing trips? Uh, you know, in years past, yes, uh, Captain Jim has done some. Uh, typically, uh, the time of year when when uh, you know black fishing is hot and you can catch ten or you can catch fifteen, uh, that's when I'm at school. So personally. No, but Captain Jim has done a few in the past and done very well. Uh, the, the close inshore wrecks and reefs are really good uh, in Avalon and, and the Avalon area. Um, I used to do a lot of them in the summertime, um, but then I got tired of losing wreck anchors and uh, got tired of having <laughs> – just got tired of uh, – I, I like a lot of fishing time, not a lot of messing around with broken stuff time. So I just got tired of losing wreck anchors. <laughs> Gotcha. I yeah. mean, with the uh, all the like the wreck fishing and stuff, um, you guys ever thought of just like investing in get one of those the uh, Minkota spot locks? Man, I mean, uh, I mean, I know especially for a twenty five footer, you're going to need like the uh, the eighty four foot Tarova, which I, is yeah. well over three k. To, to answer your question, yes, and to answer your question, yes, that has been the biggest deciding factor as to why we haven't done because <laughs> yeah. we can trust me, we use it every day, and it'll break, and we'll break it, and. <laughs> we'll find a way to break it oh that <laughs> so, happens i mean I, I have i have i have the uh, spot lock on my little skiff but uh, it's like it's like you no know, like a tenth of the cost of what an 84 inch tarova for a 25 foot boat is you know what i mean trust me i would i would love it and it it may be in the future because i mean it's just uh it's just such a deadly tool i mean to use out in the ocean and i mean i'm using yeah, not just the ocean even in the back you know like you can actually yep. use it to control your drifts yep. certain speeds and stuff like that so Yes. Yep. Ah, the joys of owning boats, right? I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just, fi- I'm just figuring that out this season. A lot of money. <laughs> kayaks, <laughs> baby. Kayaks for the win. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Kayaks get flipped and washed and waves and all sorts of stuff. I'm good with that. You, you lose rods and reels overboard all the time. <laughs> hey, I'm saying. <laughs> Look, Kevin, Mike, if, if if you're looking for a first mate or a deckhand <laughs> to help out on Dan's sheep's head trip, let me know. I'll bring my gloves. I'll, I'll sit there and hold the, hold the bridge all day. Sounds good, man. I, I just like watching people catch fish, man. It's just, it's, sure. it's, it's, it's kind of just my thing. Yeah, it sounds good. And uh, like I said, come come up, uh, you know, if you're typically down towards the grassy area, come up my way and, yep. uh, and find me out there. And you can follow oh. me around a couple of days and I'll show you a couple of, little, you know, couple little channels i'll look for you i'll look for you out this year definitely 100 percent. cool now mike one more question for you um before we get into uh you know wrapping things up here now as far you, you see a lot of our uh our northern captains obviously it's different for you um with school and all but do you ever want to take your take the never enough to and do any destination trips when you have time off from school uh yeah so uh Friends of mine and I will go up to, you know, we'll, we'll do trips up in the Raritan Bay. We'll do trips out, you know, out front of the ocean, um, up, up North Jersey and, and, and follow the big straight pass when they, when they're up that way. Um, and it's just, uh, uh it's just, ball. Oh, I mean, it's catch them on Jays, catch them on, catch them on whatever you want, catch them on bunker, you know, it just, it's just, it's just a ball. Um, so yes, um, I, I do do trips up that way, but they're not, you know, they're not paid trips or they're not, 
trips with the never enough. Uh, in the future, when I retire from teaching, uh, that's a very good possibility that yes, I will be following the fish uh, up and down the coast. <laughs> very nice. I do that. I go, I go South. I love it. Yeah. Let's go South, man. That's where it's at. I'm in. Just kidding. Mid Atlantic. We still love you. <laughs> All right, Mike. So how can we find you find never enough? How can, uh, how can our, our viewers get in touch with you if they want to book a trip? So the best way is to, uh, we do have a website, um, that we keep fairly up to date. The Facebook and Instagram page for Never Enough Sport Fishing is your best bet to find the, the most up-to-date information as to what's going on with Never Enough. Follow, follow along with our daily charters, follow along with what's going on with Never Enough. You know, if we're getting a new boat, if we're getting a new this, we're getting a new that. Um, so Facebook and Instagram and uh, Never Enough Sport Fishing is N-E-V-R-E-N-U-F, Never Enough Sport Fishing. All right. Well, Mike, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. You're, you're a good friend of mine now. We've, we've uh, known each other for a couple of years, and I, I don't see that relationship ending. I guarantee you there will be a time where you come back on here with us. It's been an amazing talking to you. Thank you so much for uh, bringing some amazing content to our, our, our listeners. And uh, can't wait to, to get up with you here soon and see that baby grow and seeing, uh, seeing your trips coming up, man. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Once again, thank you again, Captain Mike, for all the information you gave us. I'll definitely be seeing you this season, whether you know with Dan or if I'll just be, be seeing you out there on the water themselves. But uh, besides that, once again, we it was an honor to have you on board with us. Definitely, you're, we're going to bring you back for other episodes, so don't worry. You. Besides that, <laughs> man, ha have a great night, brother. Yep. All right. See you guys. Thank you. Right. Thanks, Mike. All right. Yep. All right, Dan, what do you think? How was that? Awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I learned a lot of new techniques and baits that I didn't even think about, you know, just come fishing just after the first, you know, this first two seasons, you know, April, you know, May. I didn't know, you know, not like I, for me, I didn't know starting out with smaller baits, shrimp, crabs, little stuff like that. You know, like for me, as soon as I start, you know, I start fluke fishing in May for fluke down here, you know, I go right to like the six inch grubs, you know, right. like all the big profile stuff. And that may be the reason the past two seasons I've been doing mediocre fluking. I've caught fish, but there are, I mean, there were big fluke. They were like 20, 21, 22, because they're always looking for big baits to feed. Right. But I didn't, I didn't, I, we didn't see any 18s any 19s, any of those at all. So I'm assuming the reason I didn't see any of those or even throwbacks was the fact that my baits were way too big. Yeah, and we, we've beat this this conversation back and forth a number of times. Like exactly what he said early season, I find fluke with the little calico crabs and and little 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 shrimps and different varying crustaceans in their bellies mm -hmm. if, I, yeah. if I keep one. And Honestly, I caught, I've been catching a lot of quality fluke um, while I'm fishing for weak fish. And the reason being there is because I'm using the soft plastics and I'm soaking them in the shedder oil. So there's something to be said for that early season uh, crustacean bite, just because 
those fish are in deep waters with the crustaceans and that bait hasn't shown up for those fish yet. So that's yeah, what you're going to yeah. see that they're feeding on. The bait will move into the bays and everything a little bit later as the water warms up and then they, they switch over. But something that Mike mentioned to me, I, I never even considered like where you use the artificial baits early season and then transition to the baits, the bigger, the, the, the bigger baits. Yeah. Like live spot. Yeah, you hear like about that. like the live line in the spot and live yeah. line and you yep. know that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But like the big strip baits and everything, that's something that I've always thought was an early season tactic. Exactly. That's the same thing we do in May, like the early season. Right. Well, if we catch a bluefish or you know, like that, we'll strip them. And then and like I did I did that last year and we got bites, but they were all big fish. Like I said, no nothing under 20 inches, which is you know, like I mean, it's nice, but you don't get a lot, you know, yeah. like I fished May all the way up until July and we only had four flukes in the boat, but they were all over 20. Right. So big baits, big strips, big fish, no numbers. If I would have scaled down, I probably would have had more fish between 18 and 20. And, you know, so. And I, and now that I think about this, um, our mutual friend Mikey, Mike, Michael Callie. Yep, yep. Um, we did a we did a flounder trip with actually myself, <coughs> him, Trung, uh, his partner with SNS Customs, uh, Tyler, and then another mutual friend of ours, Julian. And I was throwing you know the five six inch swimming mullets. Yeah. And I was not having luck, but Mikey was throwing the four inch swimming mullets. The little one. He was catching fish. Mm-hmm. He actually caught the only keeper fish that day. So that it, it actually, as, as we get this information, things are kind of coming together. You know, I, I would have never anticipated, you know, scaling down for bigger fish early season mm-hmm. with artificials that that's just, Hey, and color and color. Yeah. You know, like Mike was like, use color that looks natural crab, shrimp, you new know, penny. new penny. Like for me, it was, it was always like white, pink, yeah, chartreuse, like that ultra bright stuff that looks like, you know, like, like bayfish, apparently, like he says, early, 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 um, late spring, early summer, the bayfish aren't here. And I, I will say this: like I, I'm pretty much just a, a white gulp guy. Mm-hmm. But I actually, I'm gonna give, a, I'm gonna give a little secret. I like the glow better, just because the, it's bright or white. I've, I've used the glow. The glows work really well up north. I don't, I don't really look at it for the glowing features of it. I like that it's a brighter white. Yeah, I, I like it. It's like an off color. It's not yeah. like you know. At that, I feel and, but one thing I have noticed is if you feel that that bait compared to like the regular pearl white, it's mm-hmm. softer. It's yeah, softer. it is very softer. It is so very it, soft. It, it's not something you want to use when you know the little sea bass and the blowfish and everything are and around. The blue, but, yeah, and, and the bluefish, right. yep, yeah, and all those guys around. So, um, but besides that, that was a really good episode. I took quite a few amount of notes, and that I'm going to use this year. I I've, I've learned a lot from Mike, just being friends with him for the last yeah, couple man. of years. Um, he's, he's a wealth of knowledge. He's, he's one of our local guys. He he camps out in our, in our, uh, in our local waters in the South Jersey. And he's, yeah, man. he's always willing to help somebody out. And yeah. that's how we became friends. You know, I reached out to him. We were talking back and forth and, and here we are. It's awesome, man. I appreciate you introducing me to him. He's a wealth of knowledge. Like we talked almost half hour before you even came on to start. So I tried getting in, you wouldn't let me in. Yeah, well, you know, we were exchanging secrets. We couldn't let you in for that. But yeah, so yeah, hopefully this year, you know, I'll see, I'll see him in his area a little bit more. 
Um, I mean, shoot, I, I he even said to ask, said I could hop on with your charter, with your sheep sock and hold bridges. Yeah, man, absolutely. I'll, I'll be the bridge board for the day. You're welcome to jump in. We can we can film, get yeah, some we, content for the yeah, page. We could definitely do that. Yeah. Um, all right. Besides that, are you ready to wrap this up? Let's wrap her up, baby. All right. All right. There you have it, folks. Looks like we wrapped up another awesome episode for you guys. Once again, we'd like to thank Captain Mike Smith of Never Enough Charters out of Avalon, New Jersey, for sitting down with us this evening. Now, if you're looking to get out for a fun-filled day with the great chart, please make sure you look them up and mention it that you heard it from us. As always, please make sure you like, subscribe, share, and leave us a review on all our favorite podcast platforms. And keep an eye out on our Instagram and also our Facebook for future guest announcements. Besides that, have a great night, folks, and keep those lines tight. Mm-hmm.